Although you probably do. If you, even if you don't know the name, you undoubtedly know the work. The great Burt Bacharach passing away at the age of 94. I didn't know this. He, he was uh, born in the U.S. He's an American. But he did attend University at McGill in Montreal. So he's got some Canadian ties. Uh, but in terms of um, songwriting prowess, I don't know. I don't know if he's the best. But he's... Damn close, if he isn't. Um, we're going to check with Eric Alper now, uh, a music commentator that we speak with quite a bit. Eric, thanks so much for joining us on Short Notice. I appreciate your time. No problem. Happy to do it. And I would kind of agree with you up there. I think he absolutely has to be up there with the greatest songwriters of all time. You know, because I know you can easily make a case for a Bob Dylan, sure. Elton John, Paul McCartney, but they were writing for themselves. This is the thing. I was saying earlier, Eric, if Burt Bacharach yeah. had recorded all of the hits that he wrote, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. He's a runaway winner. Oh, uh, absolutely. Anybody that can write for Dusty Springfield, for B.J. Thomas, for the Carpenters, Tom Jones, um, <laughs> Dionne Warwick, um, it is uh, astonishing. And the fact that he was able to do it and really, I mean, more importantly, I think he turned romance into a very cool and needing thing for a lot of us growing up. I mean, when he was writing these songs with Hal David in the 1950s and 60s, it it allowed people to get in touch with their feelings. They had free love was everywhere. There were wars going on during Vietnam <laughs> and that era. And then all of a sudden he comes out with, you know, what the world, what needs, the world now needs now is yeah. more love. It's be it's brilliant. It's beautiful. Um, just put it into context. I know you were tweeting out some of the numbers around his incredible career. They're, they're mind boggling. I mean, Grammys, Oscars, top 10 hits, you name it, right? Yeah, he won six Grammy Awards. He won three Oscars. Um, he had 73 Hot 100 hits. He had 52 in the UK and right here in Canada. Um, he was writing and recording and releasing music literally up until the time of his death. In fact, um, he was awarded um, a nomination for a Grammy back in 2020. He was working with this guy named Daniel Tayshan on his EP, and it got a Grammy nomination for the best traditional pop vocal album. Um, and then right before that, he was writing political songs, something that he wasn't really known for, but he wrote a couple of songs um for the Sandy Hook Promise, the charity um, that was against gun violence in school. So he was pretty active right up until recently. And, you know, he had um, number one albums in the UK this uh, last decade with Elvis Costello. And mm -hmm. still pretty active, even though that he wasn't flying around and zipping around the world like he used to. He was still pretty active in, in writing songs. And like you say, it's the range. I mean, you're talking B.J. Thomas, you're talking Tom Jones. I mean, in his later years, he was writing and recording with Dr. Dre, Elvis Costello, like he never, he never stopped and there was no genre that he wouldn't happily venture into. No, and especially because when you come from a background that he did of beginning to 
um, write songs on the piano and then getting into orchestra music. There's something about songwriters that has no fear when it comes to learning about other instruments and figuring out what does this do and what does that do? And the fact that he wrote these songs very subtly, he didn't hammer anything over your head with instruments. He had this very 60s ambience, um, very like James Bond. He used strings and orchestras so tastefully. And then when he got connected with Hal David and that chemistry was was just never before seen again. And, you know, uh, in that Brill building, in that Midtown New York building where People would write songs like it was an office space. Um, there was them. There was um, Carol King and Jerry Goffin. There was Barry Mann and Cynthia Weil. Andy Kim was there from Montreal. Okay, yeah. The, the ability to just sit there and write songs with one another for the entire world to sing, um, it, it's magic. It, that's the only way that I can say it from a music fan. Is like I have no idea how these things are done. I have no <laughs> idea how they come up with it. And it feels like even a song like Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head, you learn that as a kid, and you never leave that. I say a little prayer. I, I heard that as a kid, and I'm still hearing it today. It, it's astonishing. I know. The songs, like, some of them are absolutely timeless. There was something I was kind of surprised, I'll admit to. Like, um, always something there to remind me by Naked Eyes. He wrote it. It's a much different version that yeah. they had the hit with. But I didn't know that he'd written Arthur's theme, for example. I mean, it just crossed so many decades and it's amazing his legacy keith richards used to say that the mark of a great guitarist is how well they can play acoustic guitar Mm -hmm. um using that thinking the mark of a really great songwriter is how many covers other people have done that have hits with it and when naked eyes did always something there to remind me they used the same melody line that he invented like 40 years before that in the 80s and um his cover songs of like raindrops and um and butch cassidy and the sundance kid and i'll never fall again and all the songs that that dion warwick recorded do you know the way to san jose was on the number one album for frankie goes to hollywood in 1985 (laughs) you know and and this was a band that was very out when it came to gay and lesbian issues and sexual issues and here they are doing a crooner very um a very straightforward version of it and all of a sudden in the 80s people were like this is still a great song and that's that's when you know that you've hit the mark and when you mention covers is there another artist that can make the kind of claim that he has i mean the beatles recorded his songs i think the stones did sinatra did elvis presley did like i mean the all-time greats of pop music he's on every one of their albums yeah, especially because when he started and he and his songs were getting played on the radio, Elvis was listening, Bob Dylan was listening, Tom Petty was listening, um, the Beatles, the Stones, the Who, all of these artists were listening. And even though that they all kind of went a little bit more on the rockier side, a song like Yesterday by the Beatles and Paul McCartney easily could have been um, a Burt Bacharach t- tune. That's yeah. that's the you know the the feel of it when he used um, the strings and Eleanor Rigby. That's Burt Bacharach. 
that's you know it may not have been him because that was George uh, George Martin, but like George took a look at at what he was doing and said, I think that there's something there that we can kind of you know steal and borrow and beg for and then <laughs> apologize later for. Um, but um, but yeah, you know when you go through that list, there's over a thousand different artists yeah. um, that recorded his songs, ranging from pop rock, jazz, blues, soul, funk, um, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll never we'll never see that again. I, I, I'm I'm absolutely so sure of it. No, I think you're you're absolutely right. Walk us through the relationship with Dionne Warwick. Who who was the bigger player in that? I mean, he's supplying the music, but she's turning them into hits. Yeah, in the in the mid nineteen sixties, um, Bert discovered Dion when she was singing backup for the songs that he was recording, and um, Dion's sister Dee Dee had a song called "Move It on the Backbeat," which is still heard in dance clubs today when they want to do a throwback um, song, and that's when they started to kind of work together. The first um, recording that they actually did was "Don't Make Me Over." a song that is still getting played on thousands of radio stations every single year. And over the next 20 years, um, they had 22 songs in the top 40 on Billboard. Yeah, um, yeah. 22! And, and, <laughs> and this is before, and I know, I know older people get this, this is before you had to release one song at a time. This isn't like Drake releasing a 26-song <laughs> album and all 26 songs make the Billboard right, Hot 100. Yeah. You had like four months at a time. So to continue to do that over and over again, I say a little prayer, Alfie, walk on by, I'll never fall in love again. Do you know the way to San Jose? Any one of these songwriters today would have given their left arm to have one of those songs. And the, the, I mean, like I say, I knew the music, but sort of one of the moments that I thought was so cool and really sort of put him back into the realm of conversation for me was Austin Powers. Mike Myers loved him and put him in a couple of the Austin Powers movies. Yeah, he 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 was actually in there. He was, yeah. he did he did cameo roles in all of the the, the three movies. Um, and, you know that his film, uh, the entire film score, is really based on Burt Bacharach yeah. and Hal David. Um, and you know, done by by Canadian. It was done by Mike Myers and his brother. Um, and so the you you can't you can't have you can't say the the, the swinging sixties without no. without their music. It's just impo- <laughs> it's impossible. I know, like you. you and I were just gushing over it, and it's and it's just like we're like two kids at a record store. Um, it, it's one of those things where I urge people, you know, whenever you know, whenever somebody who used to tour passes away, you know, you and I always say, uh, you know, this is a really good moment to remind people to go see yeah, these yeah. older types when when they tour because you never know when they're going to be around. The amazing thing is that Burt Bacharach has everything available on YouTube, everything <laughs> available on Spotify. Just go and play it, and I bet you there might be a few more babies being born nine months from now. <laughs> you might be right. You might be right. It's... it's there's a there's something about it. there's a lot of seventies music that sort of strikes the same chord with me. There's just the right amount of sappiness, just the right amount of cheese, like it's super smooth. It's it's perfect. I, it, there's there's that genre that just yeah okay, it's unabashedly sappy, but it's so good. Oh, uh, what? There's nothing wrong with sappy. No. Actually, there's 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 a new music documentary um, uh, about yak rock. Oh it, yeah, it's about you know like the smooth jazz with like Dan Hill and Love Toto. Um, I, I, make fun of it all you want. In 40 years, we're still going to be listening <laughs> yeah. to songs that Bert wrote and that um, that you know yesterday by the Beatles oh, will yeah. 
will be the most popular song after Here Comes the Sun, which is probably as close to soft rock as the Beatles will ever get. Um, it's lush harmonies. It's lush orchestra. Yes. Um, there's a reason why Mozart, Brahms, and Bach are still heard by, you know, orchestras, which are really cover bands, more or less. Um, but, like, you know, there, there's a reason why it, we're still listening to that music um, today is because Bert had his finger not only on the cool, hip, you know, swinging London, swinging 60s, and swinging L.A., and free love, and, and all of that, but um, there's nothing wrong with that. No. There's nothing wrong with, you know, as that song goes, there's nothing wrong, what's, wrong, what's so wrong with <laughs> peace, love, and understanding? It's like, it's, it's right there. So, let, I don't know if we can answer this, because music is subjective, but it's so much fun to talk about. Is he the greatest pop song composer of all time, Eric? He might be. Yeah, Rolling Stone rated him in the top forty. Um, they top put him forty? In, oh come on! Yeah, yeah, they put him in at number thirty-two, which I, I think. Oh please! As a, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, you know, it's one of those things where you know you 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 kind of have to be a little bit hipper and leave some of the old people in the, yeah, in the rear view yeah. mirror a little bit. Um, but yeah, look, it it's uh, you know. Talk to me in 40 years. I mean, when, when we're in the old age home, I guarantee you that this music will still be heard um, by the kids who yeah, yeah. still want their way around a good pop song. And look, you know, and, and I know that you know, we may not have a lot of time left, but, you know, when you talk about TikTok and 30-second video snippets using songs mm -hmm. and all of those songs becoming popular again... Burt Bacharach and Hal David would have been perfect for TikTok just the same because they knew how to get into your mind and get the melody in there and make you never forget their songs. I've been humming what the world needs now for yeah, about three and a half hours, and I probably will be for at least the rest of the day. I mean, you, they get in there, and you're right. They don't get out, Eric. Yeah, no, exactly. Hey, man, that's what friends are for. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Good stuff. Thank you, Eric. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.